estate planning made easy. This is The Strong Room on 770 CHQR, a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Welcome to summer, a great time for vacations, spending time at the cottage, and enjoying some relaxation time. It's a good time as well to be talking with your family about a life plan. Are your expectations the same as your partner's? Does your family approve of what you want to do with the assets you've spent a lifetime accumulating? And what to do with the family's recreational property? All good questions, all worthy of a conversation this summer around the picnic table. Build a consensus and then call Macmillan Estate Planning at 403-266-6464. Life planning brings peace of mind. It puts a plan in place to deal with the what-ifs that life delivers. Give yourself the freedom to enjoy the summer, knowing you've got a plan in place in case something happens. When you're ready, call Macmillan Estate Planning at 403-266-6464 and have a great summer season. Welcome back to The Strong Room, continuing the discussion on recreational properties now with Sherry McMillan and Henry Villanueva of McMillan Estate Planning. One of the familiar themes to regular listeners to this program, I suppose, is the BC Cottage. But this is something that could apply to any recreational property in any jurisdiction in Alberta or beyond. Uh, And I think it's a topic that, that deserves a little attention because... Depending on the jurisdiction where the property is located, the rules could be a little different. The family cottage is a really interesting arena because, generally speaking, it is the most emotionally sensitive asset you have in your state. And everybody has an opinion on this is the problem. The children and the children's spouses, yourselves, and some people are very emotionally connected, others are not So we're dynamic families, and that's to be expected. But if you have an asset such as the cottage, what I always do with family is I suggest that we view it as a business. Not in the first generation, because it's just the way it is, but in the second and third generation, we must view it as a business because we have so many people involved. And so I call it the family cottage business because that's what it is. And so when we start to frame it from a different point of view, we can get really creative about building the precedents and guidelines around the cottage so that we're successful in keeping it in the family. That's the most important thing because you're going to have all these in-laws associated with the cottage, but we don't want to lose it to the bloodline family. So ultimately we want to design a living plan so that that cottage continues generation to generation staying within the original bloodline. So mom and dad buy the cottage at, at some point in their in their lives because they want a place to go on the weekend. They want some place where they can raise the family in the summertime. They want a change of pace from the big city. Uh, in their time as the owners and, and supervisors of cottage activity, Um, it's less important how it's set up. But when you start to introduce the next generation as potential users, as payers of bills, as, um, to your point, uh, splitting the bloodline or introducing new family members into the organization, how should the cottage be set up 
so that it can be properly treated by the taxman, so that it can be properly protected for the bloodline, uh, and so it can continue to be an asset for the family and not a source of arguments and, and things of that nature. Well, I'm delighted to say in Canada we can plan around it and be very creative. So sometimes we use a corporation, but more often than not, what we utilize is a trust. And Henry does that quite frequently, don't you, Henry? Yes, uh, we do quite a couple of um, recreational property trusts at Macmillan. And I'm really excited to share that not only in Canada, the provinces throughout Canada, but abroad as well, because we have quite a couple of families who already have their BC cottage or Ontario Lake property. And now they want an Arizona or Scottsdale or a Phoenix property as well. And this can also be called a recreational property trust. We do quite a couple of them in Macmillan. And what the benefit of that is, you're making sure that uh, the property is not only for your enjoyment, mom and dad, but it's also for the kids to enjoy down the road. What we do for families in this situation is start off planning by saying, mom and dad, what are your plans for this property that is originally in your name? Do you have a child who's particularly interested? And most often than not, mom and dad tell us that, oh, Henry, Sherry, we have quite a couple of children who are interested in the property. And so to make sure that we keep family harmony, we devise these mechanisms where everybody will be happy. We know that it's a fact in life that we can't please everyone, but mom and dad can definitely lay down the rule book and say, This is how it's going to be, and this is how all of you are going to play nice in the sandbox. And one of those great mechanisms available to families is this recreational property trust. It's putting the property in a mechanism whereby the kids will enjoy, the grandkids will enjoy. And the good thing about it, Peter, is everybody's having a great barbecue, but everybody knows the rules as well at the end of the day. I think what's important here is that uh, every time you change jurisdictions, you are creating uh, a new estate, in effect. The rules on estates are different in British Columbia. They are different, certainly, in the United States. They are probably different in Ontario. They are different in any number of jurisdictions worldwide where somebody might own a piece of property. The uh, the condo in Hong Kong, um, you know, a cabin in Portugal, who knows what it might be. Uh, and, and you're running into this more and more. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the key to this, to make sure that the asset itself is protected, the emotional memories with it are protected, is to make sure that it is set up from a business perspective so that it is protected. And so regardless of the changes that go on in the family unit and the family dynamics, that, that emotional attachment to that property is not lost. I think it's very interesting if we look back in our history in England, um, if you look at the royal family as a case study, you can see that their castles remain in their bloodline Mm. and generation after generation, no matter how many times people get married or divorced or what have you. But what's happening is there is a trust that holds the castles for everyone so they can use them but they don't have a direct ownership of them. So in the event they experience a divorce or a matrimonial breakdown, then they don't have to contemplate how do we separate this because it's intended on purpose to remain in the royal family. And in modern times, we're all little mini royal families, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and we are creating estates. And so we want to use these mechanisms because they're so helpful for so many reasons. You're right, Peter, they help us with taxation, but 
often the highest priority is harmony. And so it's really important that the parent group set out the rules instead of letting the children negotiate the rules because the children are influenced by their spouses. And so we want mom and dad to lay out the guidelines and rules and then the children don't have dispute because they just are following mom and dad's instructions. So as we get into the summer season, it's a good opportunity for the parent group to lead a discussion around the picnic table, over supper at the cottage to say... Do you kids have any interest in this? If so, what is your interest? How should we set this up so everybody gets a turn to use it? Uh, make sure the bills are paid. Make sure the property is protected in the event of any divorce or addiction issues or anything that is a part of the modern family. Uh, and, and just to make sure that regardless of what happens among the humans, we know the property is protected. That's right. And so, um, you know, I I think of a case study I was working on some time ago. It was a lovely family and their estate was around eight million and they only had two children and they had a cottage in B.C. And they said to me, we'd like it to go to our son because um, our daughter can't afford it. She hasn't done as well as our son. Our son has done financially well for himself, but our daughter has not. And I said, "Okay, well, just let's think this through. If your daughter inherits $4 million and the property is worth half a million dollars, she can afford it now. (laughs) And they all started laughing. And we realized they've just blocked their own mind that, you know, it's a possibility that she may want to. And so instead of assuming it, we went and spoke with the daughter and she said, I would love to if I could afford it. And we know she's going to be able to afford it. So the great part about this is then we didn't have to breach the legislation in BC because they expect us to treat children equally. And so what we did is we did a little family cottage like Henry is speaking to, and now both of them will share in it um, upon the passing of the parents, but she'll also have an extra $3.5 million to help pay for the cottage. Did, she, uh, did you do it through a trust? We certainly did. Sherry McMillan and Henry Villanueva from McMillan Estate Planning. Don't forget to check out the website at www.mcmillanestate.com for more on the topic of putting a life plan together and plan on attending an upcoming seminar in September. You can register online or you can call the office weekdays during business hours at 403-266-6464. I'm Peter Watts. Thanks for joining us on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR.